Welcome, listeners, to Assiduous Dust. I'm your host, Joshua Corwin, and this is Assiduous Dust, home of the -the on-the-spot collaborative poem and poetry podcast. Today, I have Shane Manier and Daniel Yargin for Assiduous Dust, episode number seven. I'm excited. I hope you are. Let's get on with it. Hello, Daniel. Hi, you sound good. Sounds much better. I've never yes. done uh, upstairs for here, the, the podcast before. Much better. Okay. So, again, so I'm going to do uh, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, Daniel Yarian, to Assiduous Dust, episode number seven, home of the on-the-spot collaborative Poem and grooviness and grooviness on a stick, whatever. I don't think that term will go over well. So for those of you listeners who don't know about (laughs) Daniel Yarian, so here's a bit about him. He grew up in a movie theater. Uh, By the way, I have the movie uh, DVD of M right in front of me. I think you'd appreciate that in those who understand. Uh, Cinematic images, sci-fi books and comics have all influenced his poetry from an early age. Uh, Some of his heroes uh, include poet William Everson, beat novelist Jerry Comstra, and his grandfather, Big Ray Yarian, who started the Ghost Riders Motorcycle Club of San Fernando in in 1938. Yarian's a former print journalist, editor, and advertising executive. Throughout his life, Yarian has organized Artistic projects such as the Santa Cruz Independent Newspaper, The Real World Press, um, Los Angeles Poetic Cabaret, Bionic Beats, Multimedia Poetry Super Show, Sparring with Beatnik Ghost, which is awesome, and the Poetry Festival in Santa Cruz. Uh, and the late uh, L.A. poet Wanda Coleman, who is amazing, referred to Daniel as one of the new generation of poetry mavens, which is an awesome quote, and I believe it's true, and I hope others will believe that too, and I don't think it needs much convincing. There's so much more, so much more. Daniel created the Comstra Sparring Archive, archive aka the Sparchive, which is very groovy. It's a part interactive museum, part art gallery, and entirely a sanctuary for poetry, performance, and visual art, which is what we all need these days. His aim is artistic preservation, documentation, and promotion of all things creative. Very groovy. The archives honor Jerry Comstra, author of The Frisco Kid and Weed, Adventures of a Dope Smuggler, books released in special editions by Yorian's Here Amid Press imprint. Daniel's Mystic Boxing Commission will publish a major collection of poems by Michael C. Ford, who is terrific, and I've, you know, really got the chance as well to meet. He's an amazing person. Check it out as well as Daniel's uh, this summer, as well as the Sparring uh, Omnibus Anthology. So, Daniel, you've done so much, and you've been such a big part in the the poetry scene, and you have such a great wealth of history with your, your, your family. Um... You know, and it, it's, you know, myself, I just want to say thank you for being on the show. And it, it, it's an honor to also be, um, to have gone to go to um, uh, Sparkive has moved to, um, you know, over uh, in 
you know, uh, once you moved from San, uh, from Santa Cruz, uh, from Santa Cruz, yeah, over, uh, you know, closer uh, towards LA in that area, and that it was really great and really groovy being there. And you know, it's definitely worth the drive if anybody ever gets invited for that. And you know, it's an honor for me to be able to, with a bunch of other people, to be part of the the sparring on bus anthology. And I look super forward to that as well as to the release of uh you know collection that you're doing with michael c ford who's great and i just wondered so you know so many people you know this is a great amazing bio and how did you because you don't just have this immediately like you kind of need to work for it and just a lot of people might think ah you know how how can i do this how can i do these things and i don't know what's your process been like and what have been certain inspirational things that have helped you to grow and uh you know along your journey so that you can be helpful and useful um in this poetry community yeah that's well that's a that's a that's a uh, powerful question man that, right. that's, Sorry, uh, it's a multifaceted <laughs> question you could pick any <laughs> facet and go from those strings <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay well um I, I would say uh, being a being a, a a single single father mm. of two children for for uh, many many years, and uh, you know s- struggling as a as a single father and mm. and uh, you know, work life in a balance of of creative life. Mm. There's uh, work life, family life, creative life, and and keeping all those balls up in the air, and and finding a way to to, to keep keep the pilot light lit on the creative, creative, uh, um, nucleus inside, inside, you know? Yeah. While uh, you're mean, juggling all that, you know, and more, um, yeah, I know you also do some stuff, uh, with that, you know, the healthcare field as well. Um, and, and there's just so much to juggle and to deal with. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's a tough world for poets. Mm. You know, I'm predominantly a, a, a poet as far as a, a creative person in, in uh, what, what Everson called, William Everson called uh, charismatic arts. It, it's, it's really, uh, it, the, the world that we live in is not conducive to poets anymore. Mm. And, and probably less so now. Um, along with everything else. And I, I don't know if uh, everything being kind of closed down for the past several months has uh, uh, leveled the playing field between uh, a world focused on commerce and a world focused on, on uh, cr- creation, creative, creative uh, forces. Right. And we're more about, you know, I guess this world is more about formation and building from things rather than from building a new and I guess there, there are, um, you know, I'm glad you also uh, mentioned about the shutdown of so many things because it really, um, you know, a lot of people also have been doing virtual, um, you know, Zoom or podcasts or more of these sort of things to uh, get things going of literary centers. But they still, you know, when this thing tides over, you know, how do certain literary centers or things, where do they go? How do they get those places back? And you know, I, I'm I'm sure you're probably considering this, but it's like there's going to be initiatives. There there definitely should be where people are going to have to start trying to support their local um, 
you know, their, their poetry publisher, their, their local epicenter of their uh, community where people go. You know, I have all these coffee houses and all these literary centers. You know, I live near Beyond Baroque in Chateau. So you need to make sure, like, you know, what can be done to get these places so that they can they can they can make it through make it through this dark night. Um, and, and that's a that's a really big question. Um, and I think it's going to take a lot of collaboration and a lot of creativity rather than just a lot of formation, you know, Um I just wonder if you've, you know, have you for your experience ever seen something, you know, I guess maybe not exactly like this, but certain things in your experience where um, the tides have changed, where there or where there used to be much more of a poetry, uh, you know, it was based, uh, you know, for, yes, eating the poet's journey um, uh, in, in, you know, in the world or in America or, or wherever, you know, um, and, and how has that shifted? How has it shifted? Recently we've, we've, uh, we've all retreated back into the, 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 uh, the digital realm into, into the, into the, uh, matrix, so to speak. And, um, interestingly though, it, it seems like, it's there is there is a pathway to reconnect people in a way that they weren't connecting as poets specifically as poets um, before before all the all the um, shutdown of everything as far as uh, reaching out and uh, whether it's good or bad I don't know but it's it's certainly different hmm. um, as far as what we're doing right now I probably would be less likely. Best, less inclined to do prior to the uh, pandemic, let's say. Whereas before I'd want to like seek out and, and try and gather people and bring them to one spot. And, and we live in a sprawling area here in Los Angeles. I'm in, right, right. I'm in the NoHo Arts District uh, uh, next to Toluca Lake. And uh, everybody else is all over the map here. And Yeah, they're all on yeah, well, one one thing that my my friend S. A. Griffin mentioned is uh, the mobility of people, um, the inability of us to get to one spot or the other where it's too far away. Like from where I'm at to, let's say, Beyond Baroque. Yeah, I mean, I love Beyond Baroque, but it it's it's far away from here. And yeah, it's and, quite the trek. <laughs> it's a trek, and it's like. There, in my mind, there should be five Beyond Brokes down here that are all like satellite locations. But it's it's poetry is sort of a lost tribe of of literary people. You well, know? well, that's your, that that's that would be a great book about that of a tell all or something or something. I don't know, but I do think um, you know, you know, it's cool you mentioned uh S.A. Griffin he's a great individual and and I um had him on for the show um you know for a previous episode and he um you know talked about all this connectivity that used to be going on in in the area and um back in the days and you know have you noticed this this change this turn and I'm just curious you know what what do you think are steps 
you know, you know, we're heading in certain steps, but more towards a digital age. But might this digital age be the new turn toward heading in that direction for the poet era? And and if it's for the poet era, like, is this poet really the same poet? Does does the digital age, you know, like change, alter, you know, the poetics, um, the style, the structure? Um, I don't, I don't know. These are just some questions. There are no right answers. <laughs> well, that, you know, it, it, we can always use the the, um, <laughs> the old the old uh, the old telephone. You know what I mean? Like, right. but it's there's there's something about the the uh, the human experience of of actually being around other people and feeling that that synergy that is it was lost before the recent events mm -hmm. you know when i did sparring with beatnik ghost and I, when i started that in san francisco in 2008 i had to be a wild town barker to get to just um get people like excited about something and get people moving and have a reason to meet with each other and make an event out of it. And and when you, you tell somebody that they're going to, oh yeah, you want to go to a poetry reading, somebody outside the realm of our poetry community, quote unquote, uh, would would be they wouldn't know what to do with a poetry reading per se. So yeah. if you tell them that they're going to to a spar. It's, it's sort of repackaging it and making it more exciting. It's the same exact thing. You honestly. are sparring. Yeah. And then, and, it's you the know, same exact thing, but you say, we're going we're gonna to go spar. That sounds more exciting. It does. It's, it's about, I want to go about, spar. And about the art form that we have chosen. Or maybe it chose us. I don't know. But getting people excited again about poetics, it's mm. key. I mean, there, yeah. there are people out there like doing it in different ways. Like uh, my friend Mike Songson, you know, he's going to. I love Mike. Mike is great. Yeah, he's a teacher, you know, and and uh, he excites people. He excites the next generation, and you know, um, you also being uh, of of the next generation, um, you have a lot of excitement about it, and it's like stemming from somewhere, and it's about kind of regenerating that energy. And yeah. pushing so it doesn't it doesn't die off. Yeah, and that's the thing is that we need to you know you know what can we do? So, you know what has kept you going for this energy? Because you've done so many different things, and I guess there was a lot of it in your um, you know you have a whole lifeblood in your in your family that you know grows. It's in you. Um, but I wonder, you know, uh, I find you know life is you know, can be still a nonlinear path. And I, I just wonder, you know, what is it just your 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 history, um, of your family history that keeps you going, or is there there's there something more um that keeps you going, that keeps you doing this thing, that keeps you sparring internally as well as with others and building uh, uh sanctuaries to to this this um realm of being that we that we can grow and and do this thing called poetry. Well, it, it's it's about creating um, a a new purpose for what uh, or a new direction for for the art form. I think having being a dreamer, let's say, 
you know, where you have people saying, oh, poetry, that's, you know, that's bananas. Or poetry is like, oh, that's so boring. It's just people sitting around reading. Well, it's about getting other people interested in it that aren't poets, where they're right. like, wow, this change is cool. Change the stigma. Yeah, change ch- Yeah, it's, it's about altering the perception. So I, I think... I think that's one part is it not giving up when people say, oh, you're a poet. Oh, yeah. What's that about? Oh, that's how are you going to make a living as a poet? Let's say somebody yeah, like William Everson Everson decided that he wanted to be a poet. He read he, he picked up a book of poetry from Robinson Jeffers off a shelf and he decided that was going to be his vocation. Yeah, you know, for me, I, I, you know, a teacher literally, you know, I studied math and philosophy. A teacher just said, you know, hey, um, you know, you shared a poet with me a while back. You might want to submit some stuff and do and, you know, things kind of fall into place. And it's like, how do we deal with that internally and be like, no, I, you know, let me do this. Let me do this thing. Let me grow. Let me, you know, you know, teach. Let me, uh, you know, drive this chariot of, uh, uh, you know, into the unknown. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I, th- I think you, you said it well. I don't know if I could say it any better than that, what you just said right there. Um, I don't know what I said. I don't know half the things I say. That's what allows me <laughs> to say things. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, so- I think it's about having finding ways to be inspired with with what's around you, and even if you feel confined by by sort of the 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 calling of the of the world we live in to uh, pay your rent and and take care of your bills and do these things that you know you have to do to survive, but also surviving in a way where you're not losing your identity. And my identity is that of a poet and and uh, promoter of poetry, which is great. And I and also there's the relationships that tie that. And I wondered, you know, you know how did you come about, you know, you shared a tiny bit about the notion of first spar, but, um, you know, the invention, uh, of, of, uh, contra sparring and, you know, you know, if you could tell a bit more about that as well as, you know, I might ask a little later of some of, uh, you know, some things about Wanda and, uh, you know, maybe a bit about Jerry Comstra that, uh, that, that, that most people might not know of. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think a lot of it Let's is... Let's keep it PG, though. Or, no, we, we can yeah. make it R. We can make it R, just not S. R is fine. <laughs> well, here's some, here's some PG-13 for you. No, I just, okay. no I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> um, so as, as far as these people that are individuals who have a, a, a different way of presenting art... Um, Wanda Coleman, Michael C. Ford, S.A. Griffin. It, it, you know, it's about reaching out to these people. I don't, I don't, I don't call it network. I call it just reaching out to other people. Being of service, you know, connecting, 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 connecting with these people, and finding a way where you're able to kind of gather and and glean that type of energy from one another, like like the the, the old. Uh, old traditions of, of, of sharing in a campfire before everything was so uh, inundated with by this, by that. Um, 
yeah, let's just look at the stars, you know, and just be together. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, permitting yourself to be a dreamer, permitting yourself to be outspoken, like Wanda Coleman. She was not afraid to say, really not afraid to say anything. She would, uh, she'd even piss off my Angelou or whatever. She would say what she felt, not what people wanted her to say. And it's unfortunate the world we live in where a lot of that is, um, you know, so many things are different and it, it, it's really a shame and I don't think it ought to be. Yeah. I, 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 I really feel that there, there are, let's say I'm, tr- I'm, tr- I'm trying to backtrack a little bit and yeah, like, yeah. cause I'm like, my mind goes a little faster sometimes than I, than I want it to on <laughs> full speed ahead. And I need to kind of rewind, but, um, somebody like William Everson, uh, he was a conscientious objector during World War II. That was obviously a very unpopular time to be a conscientious objector. Um, mm-hmm. Living at a, at a um, conscientious objector camp in Walport, Oregon, printing printing poetry pamphlets for <laughs> Kenneth Madsen and 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 uh, yeah, having an, uh, having creating an own his own press. It's like if he if it's not there, make it. You know, there wouldn't be a cancer archive unless I made it. Yeah. And it's so, like, I think it's a way of honor. I want to honor people that have come before me. So there's, there's, there's proof that they were here and they made an impact mm. as opposed to how much money are they worth when they die? Uh, Google that type of thing. It's more of like documenting and presenting a history. Because there really isn't enough of that. They're, they're, as far as like, the Campster Sparkhive, there, there, there are a few places like it. Maybe the, the Beat Museum, a little bit. Uh, Henry Miller Library, a little bit. But finding a way to, sh- to, to share a world that would otherwise, otherwise not exist to the mainstream mm. and making the mainstream interested in it. You know, there is, uh, you know, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's these things. And I'm saying this, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I, this isn't a debate, though, but I'm, I'm saying, like, there's some people who think, well, yeah, they got it all there and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I do think it's so much different, you know, being in the real world, so to speak, to take your, your, me- your matrix idea of the reference in the, the real world, um, not to mention not that that isn't part of the real world, uh, it, though it might be an extension of the real world, but we do need to be grounded in part of reality because it's about uh, being together and connecting and on which level are you going to connect? And I think that's so important. Um, and so it's really important what you're doing. And, and, you know, how did you get involved originally? Like, um, you know, other than through your family history of like what was like, you know, oh, I'm so how, how, say, how, how and I, I don't care what they say. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it to quote a movie reference there. <laughs> well, I start. Well, I started out. I started out as a journalist who wrote wrote poetry for a hobby and illustrated for a hobby and. I was like, well, how can I kind of um, 
uh, channel this into a direction that would be career making. And I was a journalist for a number of years, starting out as a freelance writer. And um, incidentally, I wrote for the same newspapers, Jerry Kempster back in uh, early 90s. And, you know, it's back when you turned in uh, your articles on disc, you know, and we were both um, feature writers and we never met each other until some 10 years later, you know, or more. Um, so it's, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, uh, it's a, it's a large question with, with, uh, I'm kind of chipping away at a, a possible larger answer. Right. We're <laughs> never going to get at it in something like this now. And, and, you know, I do think it's important, you know, what I'm, I'm doing here. It's like, okay, let me connect. For example, like I have you on with, 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 uh, Shane Manier. And, you know, you know, you guys haven't met or maybe you have, I don't know. And it's like, oh, let's link up two groovy people and then we we'll do some different stuff of certain things and like, let's get them involved. And I think like, is that a way that we could, for me, that's just like one way of doing that. You know, I'm also think that like these things become more, um, you know, there's so many different things where you have, you have different, uh, you know, you know, you have poetry now as a means of like, has to be a lot of things people think oh well what's your poem about what's your thing about what is the message and which is great i believe in that but sometimes we don't know and we don't need to know and that's how we fit figure things out by introspecting and looking inward um you know that that's another side of this this realm of uh looking at things um and, and i don't know you know um well, there's a certain there's there's a certain beauty in mystery. Yeah. So, it, it, my my feeling is, um, you know, do you need to have an artist in front of the painting just uh, telling you what it meant, or can you can you take take away from it something in your own way where it has it has it may have a different message to you than than even the artist implied, but it it has it has some resonance that is. Uh, yeah, it, it it rings true somehow, without 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 a side narrative. It's almost like it's almost like a narrative sometimes uh, spoils it. I, I've I've, uh, I've 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 come across narratives that were longer than the actual poem. You know, or it's yeah, like what do you do with that? explaining everything, or or saying this is part of uh, a much larger manuscript and it's part of this. Like maybe if we could get away from promoting other things and, di you know, digressions and, and focus on the now and, 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 and lay it out there for them to dissect and, and, and uh, contemplate. I think, I think that's, I think that's important. Mm. Well, I wonder, would you uh, do a little spar a ditty ditty of one of your pieces um, for us to contemplate on? Mr. Yarian? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you know, I, I said, you know, an option is that if people want to Facebook Messenger me or whatnot for different things to, of uh, phrases to use for people to say for ways to, uh, you know, invite them to share their work instead of saying like, spar a little ditty ditty. Um, feel free to go ahead because I'm all ears on different phrases. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and read this and people can think what they what they 
want to feel about it. Think about it and dissect it and digest it. Space Wizard. Space Wizard. Multiple dimensions a traveler must surf through as part of a mere molecular dust formation swept through barren halls. Proud as a ship's admiral catching transparent waves into unlivable sub-temperatures, freezing in altitudes unknown, further than one could figure, but far from the midstream flow of the universe, reaching astronomical limits of a mind forced into traveling alone, beyond where the map ends, finding shelter, shielded in a pocket of hearth within an unpenetrable nucleus belonging to a radiant explosion in space, festooning abroad as independent beam becoming a ray of light to bid goodbye to Earth's influence, ditching imagined future. Mm, snap, snap, snaps. I could snap, but it wouldn't come through as much. It's a beautiful piece. <laughs> I could see the imagery. You know, you know, given your, your cinematic background, I, I wonder how much do you like think in terms of book movies or whatnot of those uh, you know, you know, uh you know, think of, you know, how, how would the camera see this? How would how would this this come apart if this were, you know, very visual imagistic based things? And I just wonder how that has that with uh, cinematography, you know, influence pieces and how does that influence the way the mu the muse talks to you, so to speak? Well, um... or not talk to you, so to speak, but like in the way you, you kind of channel it and then you know, take it in and play with it, play with language. Well, like, like, like when you mentioned at the beginning, you know, my upbringing, like mm -hmm. spending, spending days and days in movie theaters, hopping from one screen to the next and watching things that were, you know, there were things that people weren't watching when they were eight or nine years old, like Eraserhead or Rocky Horror or Fam on the mm -hmm. Paradise or things like this and, and reading books like by Harlan Ellison or William S. Burroughs, um, you know, the, like, and the beat influence is definitely there. And mm. yeah, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's just grabbing, grabbing these visuals out of, uh, out of the back of my mind and bringing them to top of mind and, and putting them on paper. Right. Cause there's so much, um, you know, these days I feel like, you know, there's not enough, you know, tie-dye wonderland. But let's just call it that. That's just what comes to my mind. Note to self to to use that as a thing. And there's not enough tie-dye wonderland, enough, you know, visual, uh, you know, imagery. Or sometimes you could have too much. But, you know, there there is a lot of, uh, you know, people who are just writing because they think, that oh, well, this is what a poem is or this is what whatever. And then. For example, then you're limiting the style. You're limit. You're limiting what you can do with this beautiful, this beautiful tapestry. Um, and, and you know, when you come from this imagination land, so to speak, you you can get this 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 really exquisite thing where you can have new imagery. 
um, or you could have uh, images of films that can influence. And I just, you know, wonder what that's been like. You know, you you don't always write in the same style. Um, you know what what's been you know your your guiding force. Oh, oh so as, as far as um, the the process, where where do I gather it? Yeah, and the process. how do I gather it? and how I disperse it. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times it'd be the sporadic approach. I think that's the correct term for it, where you're looking at an image and, and seeing what's in front of you and, and, and conjuring up your own, um, your own take on it. Um, just as an example, um, Jack Kerouac uh, wrote the introduction to uh, the Americans, uh, and it's a fam- famous, famous photo book from Robert Frank. And he, he asked Kerouac to write an introduction to his book. And his introduction is sort of play by play on, on the, the photographs that are page by page. It's sort of how his intro becomes a, um, its own slideshow narrative to the photos. So they're, they're, the, that is sort of the... the um, the, the impetus for for that type of process, you know, that's very much cinematic based. So that I mean that's that's an example. Um, also, uh, sort of going outside the realm of literature into things like comic right. books or things that are they're not considered uh, high art literature like sci-fi or necessarily, where they're like a subgenre or. Or right, and most people don't think that. Yeah. So, like trying to paint a, a picture of a world where you're you're already you're already sort of an outsider and a misfit as a poet, per se, less <laughs> less you're um, on the academic realm versus the the uh, if you're on the Apollonian versus the Dion- Dionysian uh, side mm-hmm. of the spectrum, like I would be more on that side. Um, so. More, more so a misfit. How can you popularize being a, an outsider, and then and then being an outsider, and then making yourself an outsider amongst outsiders? That you know, <laughs> you tell me how to do that because I have no freaking clue. I think that's important. If anything, you know, as someone also on on you know on the spectrum and you know as you know recovering you know i'll share a bit about it you know fuck i have a book yeah i cursed the f word yeah you know i have a a book uh you know about being you know autism and and you know uh you know addiction i find for that there's so much of a desire you know can i utilize my you know my experience of being on the outside to bring inward while maintaining my own unique you know unique aspects and through that find relatability but also bring those aspects into the mainstream it can become exhausting and I find like if I'm trying to figure this stuff out of how to do it it's not gonna happen I can't figure it out that's not coming from me I need to get in touch with what's going on what is and i think that's you know because the only way to kind of 
get you know those those outcasts you know an outcast among outcasts is really um i don't know i don't know if i can do that on my own power my own mindset alone and it really takes this reframing that you kind of you know touched on with regard to the way in which we interact of um i don't know i don't know i'm just i'm i'm brainstorming here we're all part of this unique thing and um well it it becomes a question of of whether you you want mainstream to uh accept you or for you to accept mainstream like they come to you instead of you coming to them and trying to conform to their 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 scattering of of fiefdoms and both you know, and, problematic, you know, with, for their own respective ways, you know. You know, um, Michael C. Ford. Um, I have a quote from him. Ooh, um, I love, I love Ford's quotes. Yeah, roll away. So, so um, yeah, Michael C. Ford, uh, arsenal of commando language that blows apart every last standing irrational political pieball cowboy who continually threat continually threatens national nirvana <laughs> <laughs> i love that in threatening national nirvana because it's yeah it's like fuck yeah look let's <laughs> screw it let's curse f f f f f fuck 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 you know okay yeah, he's got he's got one of the best one of the best voices um best best voices i that i think i've ever heard in poetry yeah, um, he really his voice, and it, it's even still it's it just gets finer and finer as the years go on. Yeah, he's he's a treasure, man, and he's a he's a he's an influence, and um, yeah, I love him, man. He's great. He's great, and um, there, there's so many so many great poets uh, in L.A. and I was happy to to break loose out of uh, Planet Santa Cruz and and uh, crash my ship here once again in LA and uh, reconnect with people who I connected with from afar. Right. And, and then you get this kind of different aspect. And, and what was that, you know, as a traveling poet or, or as a poet who, you know, crash landing, so to speak for that, um, You know, what would you suggest for for others who are inspired to do so or what or for certain reasons, you know, if they wanted to build their own little mini beyond Baroques, their own little spark hives, their own their own things throughout, you know, what what, what would you tell them that they need to do? What what are their tools in their tool belt that they can use? Um, well, um, as a. Uh... As Diane de Prima says, uh, the only war that matters is the war on the imagination. So I think it's important that they maintain their imagination and uh, propel it forward however they can and, and making these, making these uh, palaces of poetry, however, however how, whatever the, the uh, humble beginnings of it, but just keep building on it. I mean, I've, I have, this is the third installment of the, the Campster Sparkive I've had. I had one in downtown Santa Cruz. I had one in Santa Cruz Mountains in Scotts Valley. And now I have one in this, this uh, satellite station in uh, the NoHo Arts District. So it's a matter of like trying to keep it going and, you know, not, not giving up. 
Don't let people tell you you're crazy. And it's so easy these days because, you know, and I found even for me, you know, this is a time to even have, you know, to allow the tears to flow and to cry. There's been, you know, and can we allow this to be a time of solitude rather than isolation, a time to growth and be together Though we might be physically distant, we can we can grow and also discover our own, you know, uh, true self of what's going on here and what we can do and kind of not give up. And, and you know, I, I just wonder for you, you know, how has it been and affected you with what you're doing of, uh, you know, because you, you also are also in the uh, healthcare field and how has you know, I guess you have, how has being involved, if I may, being involved in that, how has that, um, you know, influenced any poetry lately or your mindset regarding um, your process? Have you, have you written about that at all lately? No, I've, I mean, I've, I've written about other things mm. because, yeah. Because there's 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 such a fo I tr- I try and focus on things other than what what's been a uh, a, a pivotal uh, discussion, hmm. and um, I wouldn't call it escapism and call it about uh, keeping other ideas alive amidst um, um, a a cl- catastrophic uh, distraction from from anything that would propel your imagination forward. Right to not let those die. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so what I've written about. I've I mean, I've written about different things. I've written I've written love poems. I've written uh, comic book chapters. I've written you know I I do a collaboration with my friend Matt Fitzsimmons on a comic book, and um, he's one of my he's one of my oldest friends from, from Santa Cruz. He's illustrated a lot of the different book projects like the. Um, the 45th anniversary edition of Weed Adventures of a Dope Smuggler mm. uh, hadn't been published in in decades, and it's about bringing trying to bring something um, to people that have never experienced it. Yeah. And, finding and where ways can people to, find that? Finding ways, finding ways to to let them experience it. And obviously, during this period, you know, this period we're in, this this time span that we're living in right now, when I create a, a place where I want to draw people together in a com- communal setting, like everywhere else, it's been shut down. That's not happening, but it doesn't mean that has to be the only thing that, that you're striving for creatively. You know, it's right. a, in a world of destruction, it's, it's important to be creative in some way. Right. And, and to bring that creative force and use what we, we have, our tools at our disposal. And so, um, speaking of, so where would one, you know, they want to find these things that you're working on? Um, is it available on the internets, the interwebs? <laughs> um, it is, it is, but you know, people can contact me through, they can find me on Facebook and, and send me a message and start a dialogue with me. Yeah. And, and you know, that's another thing is that, can we still have dialogue in, in different ways? Can we, can we? You know, that's important because when things are just determined by how many likes or how many, you know, thumbs up or whatever, you know, 
you kind of weed out a lot of the room for creation because you're like, oh, that's what's good. You know, um, I'm just wondering, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you think, um, you know, uh, what do you think we need? Well, I, I, you know, like I said before, uh, just connecting with people regardless. And, and, you know, let's say just as an example, um, my, my, my friend Jerry Kamstra died mm-hmm. in November um, of complications of Parkinson's disease. I'm and, so sorry. Thank you. And just because he's, he's not, his body's not here, you know, there's ways to honor him and, and continue a legacy of, of introducing his work to other people. And uh, during, during this uh, strange time, I was actually, of all places, I connected with someone, a publisher from Italy. He sent me a message on Facebook, and his name is uh, Giulio Tedeschi, and he's from Turin, Italy, and he has a press called uh, Commune Press, and he just published a, a book called Americans and Others, International Poetry Anthology, and he published a work by, by Jerry and a work from me and there's a number of other poets in this anthology but it's like he's on the other side of the world and in, in a really a, a a tragic zone there are many tragic zones but one of them right. is, is, that, that hit really hard and he's he's still doing it he's still he's, he's still publishing books and reaching out to poets and i and it's I, you know, really remarkable it, and it's great when you see that of people doing that, of keeping that spark alive, you know, that kind of stuff is what inspires me to keep the spark alive. And hopefully it'll inspire others in hearing this and be motivated because what we do, we need our sparks alive. We need our sparks alive. And um, if you happen to have that piece, if it's possible, I'd love to hear it. Um, I think if, or if you have something else. Um, no, I'll read it. Yeah, yeah, if you're able to. Um, yeah, that, that, that piece that's published in that anthology. Okay, sure, I'll read it. It's, a, it's in honor of, of novelist Jerry Kamstra, who I spoke of many times today. Um, it's called The Last Bohemian Wizard. Ghostly visitors save a place at the visionary table where medicine does not speak. The poltergeists creak through sable dimensions to arrive and elude hospital elements, hidden world harbingers of ingenuity peak. Joyce raises his glass in Irish toast to Camstra, seeking revelry, ushering him into a secret society of next world writer travelers. Miller, with approving nod, reads tattooed impression of Tropic of Cancer aloud. Thoreau calls for the sun, pulls up the blinds, requests Camster's bed be moved to the sands of Big Sur. Nin rakes her tongue inside her cheek, reveals Pussy Willow, lifts her brow to the headband outlaw of weed and word, bohemian attraction. Fitzgerald, bow-tied, brings a five-piece suit, a gift for a lifetime of generosity to all other authors who cross the Frisco kids' path, acknowledging sacrifice, creative self. Dickinson, 
wires a cosmic poem. Fickle food named fame, you say a near-death experience. Farm the virgin thigh of immortality. Oh, the ecstasy envelops perseverance flame. Unincinerated fascicles of literary passion await as lullaby lions shall soon awake. Dionysian arrival on porch of eternal light, belonging to page turning temptresses in full delight. The urn will burn and fuel all dreamers' flights as Nirvana promotes furthers with sturdy hearts bell earning undivided reflection wherein radiant insight dwells seekers of pastures clandestine leaves of language following footsteps in the wind bukowski rolls around the hospital floor bacchus laughter box amused by all the discovered aphorism spells dancing above your bed concedes that's right you've got it kid whether you want it or not Hemingway picks Duke up and hands him a beer. Says there's there's no fighting it. The feeling so true and deep that you still feel it in the bloody floor tiles, catching the resounding poundings of yesteryears and the sounding symbols of future arrivals. Stein turns the air on, points out there's too much testosterone in the room and not enough talk of art, she says. Sensitive art, passionate and harsh at the same time, calling for immediate teleportation to Paris, for such is the reality in the flesh and A.D. Algren chimes in. You're the shaker of the next world. It's new gateways, broken fences, narrow bridges, gushing women, fabled courses, all revisited inside the vast womb of doubt. The forgotten meaning connecting life after life after life, so don't embrace some morsel of truth swallowed nevermore. Shake that sensation. Alan Payton concludes, mend and be mended, build and be built, the mindful man. Mend and be mended, build and be built, the mindful man that sees beyond. Wow, that was, wow, that makes me want to breathe. <laughs> That's a really beautiful piece, and it really captures so much in there. You know, take that, you know, listeners who want to dissect it and have fun with it. It's a great, great, great piece, and I'm very looking forward to that. Would you uh, mention again about, uh, you know, the the the, you know, the name of the individual and the the anthology again? Um, oh, it's in it's published in yeah. Americans and Others International Poetry mm-hmm. Anthology, and it's published at a, a Turin, Italy, by by uh, Giulio uh, Tedeschi. That's great. And, you know, hopefully, you know, those who hear who are inspired could also, you know, contact him and, you know, we can we can grow this community in this garden growth that we're kind of in because, you know, that's what it's all about, I find. Um, I don't know. 
it's just that's just a very lovely piece and we can really allow ourselves to breathe um and i don't know I, i'm finding that you know with technology and all these things can we allow that these methods to allow us to breathe um you know rather than like uh, what is it you know just uh boom 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 i got to do this i got to do this next 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 which really doesn't allow space to create, as you were saying. Um, and and can we kind of find our way back into the into the garden? You know, um, let's. You know, it's there's one thing to survive, but uh, to to survive and maintain um, meaning and and uh, so, something that that resonates and 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 uh feed feed your 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 soul your mind um it's it's important you know not i mean this is a very depressing time and uh this kind of connection is is uh imperative it really is um so I did ask, uh, I think it's actually, I think it's imperative that we do an on the spot collaborative poem. <laughs> All right. I All right. did. I asked, so I asked, so the name of the game, you know, listeners, you know, uh, I asked uh, Daniel here to have a few books laid out um, and open so that uh and I have some as well. And we're we're gonna do is go wherever our eyes uh, come across, and the words we look at, we're gonna, just gonna boom, boom, boom across uh, across uh, all the pages, and we're gonna say the words uh, that come up, and create a line from that, and go back and forth with creating a line uh, using these books. And first, before we do that, um, Daniel, would you please share? Um, so, what books? Uh, you know, what do you have out for us today? Okay, I have the Guinness Book of Movie Facts and Feats. I have Big Sur. And I have um, Sigmund Freud's On Dreams. And I have <laughs> uh, Ken Kesey's The Further In- Inquiry. Terrific, terrific. So I have, um, let me see what it is. I have the mysticism of, what is it? Wait, the mysticism of uh, sound and music, the Sufi teaching of Khazrat Inayat Khan. Um, So I have that open to 130 and 131. So it's talking about harmony. I have uh, Bear, which is, you know, about... uh, you know, the life and times of uh, Augustus Osley uh, Stanley III, written by uh, uh, Robert Greenfield. So I have that turned to page 68 and 69. And it's talking about L.A. fadeaway of the chapter. And then I have, uh, what is it, uh, the, the Way of Zen um, by Alan Watts. Um, love that guy. And I have it to pages 54 and 55. And it's talking about background and history on the origins of Buddhism. And then I have, um, you know, turned to pages 284 and 285 of uh, 
you know, Allen Ginsberg's uh, collected collected works from, uh, you know, from what is it? From forty seven to nineteen eighty, um, and I have it at at on uh, the the planet New- planet news, um, particularly of uh, the first two pages for of this form of life needs sex. <laughs> Uh-huh. So th- that's what I'm working with. <laughs> so, okay. So we'll just go and each, you know, create a line with wherever, you know, using all these, these books of wherever our eyes go. Uh, do you want us to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Sounds good. All right. So pranksters wander around the bus. Where is it? I lost. I lost my my place on here. Okay, pranksters wander around the bus. In considering condensation, we have already seen the way in which two ideas in the dream thoughts. Dahayana. He tries to pull himself together by moving one shoe nearer to his foot. The most Buddhist. filmed author is William Shakespeare. That's it. Ah, gotcha. Dahayana, Buddhist standpoint, lotus thighs show him the posture of life needs futurity. Oh, so am I supposed to go again? Yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. whatever constitutes a breath, okay. technically. Okay. Recent examples of authors performing in the films of their own works have come from Switzerland. There is a still more urgent necessity in the case of the process. The ache of remorse sinks in as though somebody was pushing it in from above. He loves getting stuck in the sand. This is Phil Lesh's amplifier. Scully crouched, a transformer box, an unpleasant discipline, samadhi, samariti, rape, my masterful shit. My army all needs ignorant fuckery, saliva seasons, fuckery, fuckery, my mother death fuckery, the goal of man, harmony, mysticism, of corn was recourse to ye desire prayer justify the confusion the details of the analysis made it plausible his socks are thick tired moisty slimes eleanor uh, anon evans was cast as amos in the happiness of three women it will be noted from the checklist. It's all part of it. Primitive. All primitive innovations of rock and roll being born. The distinctiveness, attraction, assimilation, harmony, manifest 
station, Sufi's great importance of harmony, eternal fear, blah, eternal female form, eternal ends as eternal began by fairy scream die baby track or nar. <laughs> the content of the dream as a kind of compromise. The first leading lady to appear nude on screen was Audrey Munson. The pretty white clouds in the sky hurt his eyes only. He's no more a recognized authority than I'm not a doctor. Mercy cried. Ye desire us vigorously. The acid tests. The food I didn't see. Qualms. The very point and Dow Nirvana added lists of canon genre known when there is knowing decades the sperm body of life come hope gulp innumerably the seasons under a certain cosmic law. D.W. Griffith hired a number of prostitutes. I'm sick, I yell emphatically to the trees, to the woods around. Munich, where I had been stuck by the Propylaea. Big red eyes, like his own eyes, may see poor stained shirt. That drummer onto all Los Angeles, all nothing be told by modifying the sound of endless missing songs, Saadi says. Mercy continued to do unseen futurity, unseen. Ignorant fuckerty with wet flush saliva and ghastly meditation thrill. Both think swift absorption flashed. Only two Hollywood leading ladies never kissed their leading men. The pathway to wisdom lies through excess. Emphatically, Face down, the mouth is displacement while skipping through the lily fields, trembled, exploded. On a Chinese RR track, on me hood replica, replica. Boldures on me, my futurity, on me, this form. The grateful memoir kindled disasters. They had faces then. The youngest performer 
one other person, the highest paid compromise. The hairs on his fingers stare at him like tomb hairs. There was Cowboy Neil at the wheel of the bus to never, never land. Because he knew it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be the sound the sound of adjustment to unseen female beast bird man medium god to continue mercy cried man is drawn and imaginary man began as woman stands. In the middle of the night, everything man, why don't you just let him sing song? A question, puzzling efforts in the valley. A light flashed, awakened man, naturally free from the reality origins and history background image. My masterful army of contact with new male 1937 needs, new 1937 fears of panties, a lot so huge eggs and milk, fry them up in Army blankets, samadhi. Army blankets, perplexity. Before the temple directions in two opposites. A light flash, dahanya. Dahanya, something, someone, something, someone. Nirvana, nirvana. If we pursue the dream thoughts further, the dead body, twitch, the moon has a strange ear and all that. I'm all right, goof. Choosing another location was not an easy option. Not only did the location change invariably, spacious Los Angeles advent of super requiring. Us to grant the rent while also providing all the food. Foreshadow the reception with cardboard games. Location scouts, citizens found, demon box, graduate writing. Foolish vein. All life, attainment, saliva, fuckery. When Walt Disney posted... Oh, sorry. No, continue. When Walt Disney posted... When Walt Disney posted a notice, Barnum and Bailey business went south. On occasion, vertebral theory of the skull occupy 
this plane of life on earth really worried? That rain might fall, fall from a voice unseen. The old baby spook shit on a RR track replica. Me hood unknown and abhorred in microphone recording so the band could hear a chord of vegetable autumn harmony. As the hoodlum prolonged battle, Ziegfeld's Siegfeld's hair grew. Nature, nature, senile dementia, distinguished, I'm just a fool, you said. Let's end it there. That sounds like good. That sounds like a good place. All right. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully others will continue to create and continue to grow. And please check out uh, Daniel Yarian's work. Please check out your local poet. And um, also with regard to your, um, where can people find your, um, you know, they can message you, contact you on Facebook, as you've said. Um, but also your, uh, with regard to your, your, uh, you know, major, uh, major collection of Michael C. Ford, as well as other works, and your your new uh, sparring omnibus anthology. Um, people can find that at what address? Well, they can just they can just type in my name, Daniel Yargian. They can type in Jerry Camstra. There's a a new page I started on Facebook called Ford Word March that uh, details. Um, Mm-hmm. The archive collected at the Camstress Archive of Michael C. Ford's um, work and posters and and various books and letters. So uh, it's there now that now that people have heard that you have no choice. It's as easy as a Google search. You've heard it, so now you get to do it, and breathe this this truth and this freedom and thank you for being part of this daniel it's been a really pro- a real pleasure and i hope that we can do this again at a later point perhaps we could do something in person and also your i will send you your uh on the spot collaborative poem for you to you know share with others or for whatever purposes you want to do to enable your creation and your growth and hopefully Others can can grow as well, and we can all do this this groovy thing, this groovy dance. Thanks, Joshua, and I, I appreciate you having me on here and um, give me a chance to share with you and and uh, collaborate with you. So many thanks, and yeah, keep rocking, man. Keep doing it. I love okay. it. Okay, okay, I love it too. I'll keep rocking. Thank you so much. Have a groovy day. You too, Joshua. Welcome. Shane Manier for Assiduous Dust episode number seven, Home 
of the On the Spot Collaborative Poem, your poetry podcast, your uncensored poetry podcast. For PG for, well, maybe. I don't know. Anywho, Shane, it's great to have you here. Uh, for those of you who don't know here, she's a creative coach, uh, poetry mentor, artist, painter, and national spoken word poet based in North Carolina. She is the founder of the nonprofit Gorilla Poets with branches in the, both the U.S. and the United Kingdoms. As a poet and artist, featured at many benches, so many venues across the U.S. Welcome to the programs. Activism is great. She's currently the spoken arts and arts teaching instructor at the Halu. Yep. The Halu Arts Academy, uh, Harvey B. Gantt in high school and playing for others. Terrific. In 2011, she was the youngest poet to ever be inducted in the poetry. Congrats. Amazing. She's been recognized as a national poet performing with Respect the Mic Slam Team 2017 to 2019. That, that's really awesome. There's so much. In 2015, she released her first poetry album, Bootstraps, and her first chapbook, The Awful Waffle. I know. Hate it when I get an awful waffle, which was published through Main Street Rag in 2017. She released, she recently released her second album, uh, Carrier Pigeons, in 2019. I also know that you have a, a book coming out. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. And known as a, or actually I'll be out, known as a prolific poet. She's in the process of publishing a whooping, a whopping total of 30 books. Uh, poetry is widely known for its passion around themes ranging from whole bunch of personal topics, social justice, powerful inspirational pieces that expose and bond the core of humanity, which is just great. We really need on the core of humanity right now in these in these very dark times where um but anyways, thank you so much, Shane. Is there anything you haven't done? <laughs> 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 well, let's see. I haven't learned to play the guitar. <laughs> Neither have I. Gotta say, I once tried. I once tried to do that. You know, I play the drums, I play the piano, but I thought like I guitar. So what I did is one day, I, like I love Led Zeppelin, drumstick, and let me just like scratch it. This is like, you know, with like day one, I got a guitar or something. Let me just scratch it on there and kind of play like Jimmy Page with a bow, and it's like ruin the guitar right so my <laughs> guitar days um yeah so you do um john and kevin uh I, uh said you're highly and i'm like who's awesome who's you know right off the bat who's just doing really um you know that i should get in touch with and i'm like uh um, I want to let you know that in our viewers, uh, so you should check out Jonathan's stuff. He's done some great art as well as poetry as well. Um, you, you, you also have been heard that you recently got in a international, um, 
uh, client that you've done because you, you've been doing uh, poetry mentoring and creative coach and things. And just, you know, tell us how you, how you got in that and so that others who might be like, man, there's no way. Because I'm sure like you were at that for one place and how, you know, just bit a bit specific thing that kind of got you there for your way to higher capacities. I know you're doing also so much service uh, uh, work as well and bringing poetry into mental health spheres. But uh, if you could talk about, you know, how you land certain clients and, you know, what brings you, what motivates to, uh, you know, do these, these great things and uh, what that process has been like. Definitely. Um, that's an amazing question. I was actually thinking about it this morning because, you know, I've come such a long way. I, I was at that spot where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if anybody will take me seriously. And what really got me to move forward is just getting constant feedback from people who reached out to me for advice. And that was a really great support to see that like people do, you know, value my opinion and my creative mind. Um, and I still had like, you know, doubts. I still had, you know, my concerns about, yeah, you know, but the more evidence I saw of how it was helping others that really fueled me to keep going. And one of my favorite things is seeing the potential in someone and just kind of being their cheerleader and helping guide them Mm -hmm. acting as a guide so that they can accomplish their dreams. You know, I was told my whole life that, you know, you can't make money doing poetry and yeah, if you yeah. make money doing... I know yeah. what you mean. Like, I studied mathematics, you know. Pastor just said, you know, you might want to do this. And then, you know, who, who would have thought for me, like, I'm, you know, you're in certain health fields I, I'm, I'm working with for uh, autistics uh, and autistic addicts. And it's like, whoa, I can help some people. And when you see the light spark in another person, it, it, it's beautiful, you know. And Definitely. Yeah. And, and so what, Definitely. yeah, was there a specific yes back to, you know, to little Shane, little Manier, Manier, uh, you know, <laughs> was, was, uh, or maybe not Lil, like, um, you know, kind of, what would you suggest for somebody also whose like, specific things that you identify in your path that you were really meaningful for you? Were there, you know, any specific individuals, um, Oh, definitely. There was this lady named Beverly Kerr and I was doing a workshop um, and it was how to teach creatives to plan through art. So instead of like listing a bullet point list, they would actually draw their their schedule. And at the end of the workshop and this lady was like 20 years older than me. She came up to me and she was like, I want to hire you as my life coach. And I told her, I'm not ready. And she said, I don't think you understand. I'm hiring you as, as my life. Yeah, coach. And, and, you know, there's no question. Right. Right. So it was like, it really just affirmed, you know, what my heart had been calling me to do. And then I was like doing a lot of research to try to find out the best way to market and, which, and then which I, is really hard because, you know, like to write, like to do. So you got to spend your time and it can be incredibly annoying um, yes. and, and challenging. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It, it was a lot of hard work. But like one of the things I stumbled upon was there there's this um, this line of work called creative coaching. And I was like, creative coaching, mm-hmm. that sounds kind of like what I'm doing. Let me check that out. And you know how like 
when something like presents itself to you, you just feel like this whole sense of connection with it. It's almost like coming home to yourself. Yeah, and it takes like a phenomenal thing. Like you you feel it in your core and things look visually different or there's like this certain clarity, you know. Definitely. And that's what happened to me. And I was like, oh, this is a thing. And so that's how I got started. And um, if you want to know how to land clients, you just really got to put yourself out there. Um, Don't worry about whether or not you have the greatest equipment or whether or not you um, are able to do things at a very high tech level. Just getting started is the most important part. And then you just adjust as you go. Um, I got the international client because I updated my website to actually showcase there you that go. I'm coaching. Yeah. There you go. People update your website and, you know, to have faith, but don't forget updating your website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. And it, and that's a really important thing. Um, I, I noticed that there's, there's, you know, I'm not too much into Instagram, but I know uh, that, you know, I spoke with someone of, uh, you know, a certain publisher once for a big thing who said, if we, you know, people really needed, you know, websites anymore, things, you know, can't you just use Instagram and all that stuff? And I, I just wonder your thoughts on that of the Instagram culture or, or just maybe not in a general message, but, you know, how you think it's helpful uh, it can be helpful for others or just also for you and, you know, what you'd recommend for people of, uh, you know, who maybe want to go into website, um, you know, doing websites. So, you know, oh, yeah, or I just, just, yeah. I definitely suggest having a website because the the fact of the matter is, like, you don't own Instagram, you don't own Facebook, right, but right. you own that website. And some places won't take you your can... stuff, I, I've heard. You know, there's some places. Right. Yeah. It's like, nope, nope, we don't want it. It's there for, it's Instagrams. Um Yep, definitely. Um, It is very vital to have a website because all of your go-to information is right there and you can really sell them on your book or whatever. You know, you can get more Mm -hmm. in depth and not only that, but you can collect emails. So that way you can reach out to people directly, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And um, so what I wondered is, so would you tell us a bit about, so you, you, you know, what is your website (laughs) for people so that they could, they could listen to that. What's your website? You, you put a, per, a, per, a perfect, I, I, I've seen there, but, you know, it, 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 it's really beautiful. But could you remind us again, Ed, for those who haven't seen it? Um, Definitely. My uh, website is shanemainer.com. It's S-H-A-N-E-M-A-N-I-E-R. That's awesome. So terrific. And it. I've seen it. It's so beautiful. There's this whole color combination. It's really amazing. And I feel like, you know, we kind of forget all this. And, you know, how have you, you know, have you found that, you know, you've, you've written so much and you've, you find that, um, you know, how do you have time for, for your, I guess, in this, these COVID-19 times in this pandemic time, it, it's very difficult um, you know, uh, well, I guess there's more time to do writing for yourself, but you know, people that it's like, how do I find the balance to be helpful and useful? And then also to, uh, not get dissuaded because if I'm in marketing mode or if I'm on these things, I'm, I'm not doing my writing. 
how can I do that? So I'll have to take breaks from marketing mode and writing mode. So, I, and this is me. Fine. Like if I'm teach for myself as a teacher, if I, you know, if I'm teaching or doing that, I'm able to write, it, it guides me. But when I'm in marketing mode, it kind of dissuades. How do you have that inspiration, that spark? Do stuff like you have a book coming out and write like just marketing out there so how do you manage both worlds um that's an excellent question joshua and that's one that a lot of creatives struggle with because a lot of people they they're scared of marketing but mm. the thing is it's training your brain so like whenever i sit down to write if i have this like ritual that i do before i sit down to do it like maybe i light a candle or maybe i turn on a certain mm. type of music get in the zone Right, right. And it trains your brain to where like, no matter if you feel like writing or not, as soon as you do those things, your brain will go, oh, okay, it's time to write or, oh, okay, it's time to market, you know? Yeah. So like that helps a lot. And then also just um, scheduling is huge for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't schedule when I write, I let it come to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I write, oh yeah. Yeah, I write daily. So it's just getting in the practice of writing daily. But when it comes to marketing, I schedule that. So that yeah. way I can mentally prepare for it. There you go. So, you know, scheduling is everything. And it can be especially, you know, I find for me also scheduling can be challenging. And it's like, you know, what's the point? You know, and I find for me, you know, it, it's like there's either, um, you know, and I, I'm guess for other people, but I'll speak for myself. It's like there's too much to do. There's too little to do. And this kind of yeah. oscillation of one or the other. And, and you know, it, it, I, it can be very uh, frustrating. And meditation helps. Listening to some jazz, some whatever. Um, yeah, definitely. No, you're right. And I, I fall into that too. Like, but whenever I feel overwhelmed with like, there's too many things that I want to do, I just list them out. And then I look at it closely. And I'm like, okay, which, which things on this list do I really feel called to do? And which ones are, are ideas I can give to other people? Because sometimes the things that we download into our brain or the idea that we get, sometimes they're, they, not, they aren't even they're not grounded us. in reality. Yeah. Yeah. So I wondered if could you ground us into reality and share us a poem about uh, your uh, new book, which I'd love um, to uh, uh, about. Yeah, certainly. Uh, let me pull one up here. I've got it uh, in front of me. So um, while I'm pulling it up, I'll yeah, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, um, tell us I'm about it. Yeah, so my new book is called Divine Disturbances, and it's about it's about like when you're out in public and someone is having a fit, right? Like someone is just like going off, and and it's about how those moments, those disturbances, are actually like holy moments. They're a chance for us to practice grace and to see the humanity in each yeah, other. And that is an and important thing to see the humanity in each other in these times because. For me, I'll go out, I'll see somebody without a mask, or I'll see this, or I'll do that, or, you know, somebody rubs me the wrong way about something, and it can go downhill from there. We kind of need that. Yeah. Okay. It's a Definitely. lesson. It's a lesson, and it's also a poetic lesson. 
It totally is. And um, and it's just being aware. So like the poems that, I, that are in this book are all from uh, a time in my life where I was suffering with an adrenaline disorder. And adrenaline disorder is what happens when your body is caught in fight or flight for too long. Mm. So I was actually a living disturbance. Like everything in my body was just disruptive. It was, it was really, it was really horrible. But the beautiful thing about it is it helped me to see the disturbances in others and realize that it's just a part of their pain or just a part of their humanity. Yeah, we're not unique. So it became this really, we're not unique. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it became like this really beautiful healing journey. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll share one uh, from the book. Yeah. So there's this one called Shotgun. And it's about me. At, I had stopped at a convenience store to get like a snack. And I started having a panic attack because I realized that no matter what I bought at the convenience store, I would be contributing to some sort of like corporate atrocity. And I had really wanted some chocolate, but I know that like we get chocolate from um, child slaves in Africa. And so it's about me like having this panic attack at the convenience store and being face to face with the reality of where we get our food. Yeah. And, uh, there you go. There you go. Why don't you uh, blow us away with your uh, with gunshot? Okay. I stop at this gas station, pretend I'm not pumping blood into my car. I buy this chocolate bar, pretend I don't know where cocoa comes from. The face of a child with wet marble eyes, burrows of deep earth, skin split open by a whip, stripes my mind. He's telling me the candy bar was picked by his own scarred hands, tells me he doesn't know what a family means, asks, what is a mother? I tell him I laid all the warriors in my heart to rest when I became broken by my own rage and patience for the tangle of our destruction. He tells me the dead need no more sleep, that there are enough spirits and channels carrying ships to swallow the ocean of my own stomach. He tells me they are stirring. The man at the checkout counter says I ought to buy a bottle of wine with my cigarettes. I tell him my blood is enough to stay drunk on. The cigarettes are only to stave off, trick the fire in me with its mimicry. He tells me dragonborns can't be outroared. I get to my car and realize it's a carcass. My hands shake. The cocoa child climbs into my passenger seat, wants to know, where are we going? And that's the end. <laughs> Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Thank you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. This that's great. Um, you know, there there was there was uh you know, it made me kind of dive into wanting to write and uh intuitively inspired to go into such there are sometimes that you'll hear something and it'll just make you write or remember or reflect or send you into a place and you'll see this visual imagery and meditation. For me, that's a really good poem that can do that. And that, and that's a really great. And there's this line that you say, uh, what was it about, about, you know, tangled in your, uh, about your tangled in your own rage and patience. 
Yes. Uh, and for me, you know, these dump, these all, I'm tangled up in my own patience or my own rage, and you know, you know, for me, I, you know, it reminds me of a line for a book. I had a book as well that you know came out for recently, and it, it, it was um, you know, like a pacifist in rage. Um, I need to uh, accept my own, uh, you know, wiring or something like, you know, like a pacifist in rage. You know, we can yeah. be upset with our own. There's just so much depth in this. And for those, um, where could people purchase this who, who want to? Uh, well, your website, of course, at Shane Manning. Um, uh, is it otherwise or or place to purchase? Definitely. Um, if you go to my website, um, it'll be there. There'll be a banner at the top that has the announcement that it's released. And you can just click on that banner and it'll take you to purchase. There you go. Yeah, you know, I noticed that so many people purchase things from Amazon. But I find that, uh, you know, um, they hard for for, um, for 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 authors um you know from i i'm they definitely this. Do. yeah yeah and i don't think people realize that just like as a lot of people don't realize like a purchasing chocolate or something like being mindful of all these things that these things kind of um things have a history and a connection we just like we are not a singular you know thing right thing. The history, we have things, names, for example, all lives, they're connected intimately to what is and what's going on. And I don't know when I tap into that or some kind of awaken the immune process for, you know, you know, about that or the muse. Um, and, and yeah, I'm just curious. Definitely. Um, I am a huge believer in the fact that inspiration does not strike. It's a constant current and you train yourself through the senses to reach in and out mm -hmm. of it. And so that's what I do with a lot of my poetry mentoring is I teach people how to be a vessel for the muse. Um, it, I, I see it as a relationship. A if you treat That's a great line for a poem. Vessel for oh, the yeah, muse. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes. If you yeah. haven't, you know, jot that. Yeah, definitely. Continue, definitely going to have to write that. Part. Yes. No, great, great note, Josh. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, like if you if you treat the muse like a relationship and treat it well and build that and cultivate that relationship, then the muse will never leave you. Um, and I think that's the problem. I see a lot of writers sometimes mm -hmm. say that, you know, like, oh, you know, inspiration never comes at the right uh, time yeah, or right, it's blah, in the middle whatever, of something. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about switching our mindset to see that there is beauty in everything, every blade of grass, even a cup sitting on a table. Yeah. Like if you can look at something with, with wonder and awe, you'll see it in a different way. So, yeah, it's just training. Yeah, you know? It, it, you know, it makes me think of, you know, with the pandemic of times like you could, uh, you know, that that, you know, viral poem that's going on that's catching so much attention about of uh you know the the bedtime story you know that is uh getting so much traction of uh you know about yeah you know what i'm talking about right 
Yeah, no, I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. No, like that, you know, you can see beauty in these things. And when you do that, I find for me that this is from my perspective, you know, I start growing, I start growing. You know, I, I, you know, wrote a poem about something about me going and like falling on the floor, um, you know, that I'll, I'll kind of get so much anxiety and I'll just uh, around certain things that'll happen every now and then, you know, having autism or diverse brain. I don't know. I'll just fall and I just won't all these things and it can writing and I wrote this thing and I realized like oh shoot I'm going through kind of an update or whatever next time when that happened I was I was able to like practice different and, and like um reflect and be grateful so I don't know like what what um grow from you know you know about uh, shape you of you know post you know how did that reflect were you already thinking about um you did that influence what you do for reach and activism as a result um you know i know your founder of guerrilla poets you know is linked with that or uh, or if you could tell us about, about that if it isn't that'd be really that'd be super awesome that's yeah, definitely, and I know what poem question. you're talking about. I know what I'm going to say before I say no, it. I just, no, no. I just go with the flow, you know? <laughs> no, I'm following you. I'm following you. Um, No, but that, I know what poem you're referring to, and I watched the video of you being interviewed, <laughs> and I, I'll have to say that I literally wept. Like, oh I wept. I wow. literally was crying and had to turn the video. It was beautiful. And, like, that is exactly what, you know, poets – can get from their work when they go back and they really get intimate with their work and they read it and they see the lesson in it. So the next time it happens, they grow a little bit more and they heal a little bit more and they become equipped to deal with situations better. And the whole divine disturbances really helped me with that. Uh, when I was putting the book together, I was at a coffee shop and I was trying to figure out which poems go in what order. And I just started crying at the table because I realized like, oh, my gosh, these are the moments who made me who yeah. I am. Like, this is it, this is my history. Like it was and it was beautiful because not all the poems are about me. They're about other people that I saw. But it, all of these insights like really led me on a healing journey. And and it definitely ties into Girl of Poets. Um, our whole mission statement is just healing through the arts where the arts aren't very accessible. So. I mean, like it, it, everything from from even self-sustainability to arts in general um, is huge for us because we see how it saves lives and how it changes hearts and and all of that. Like it's the arts are so powerful that way, especially right. poetry. And there are a lot of different things that are kind of, um, you know, you, you have uh, writing centers that are just like, you know, how can they uh, shut down and, and, and if they don't open soon, things a lot of things are going virtual um a lot of things are kind of affected and are there ways to um you know to to kind of support the arts and we kind of we we, we do need that to have a band together you know i think would be great is to have like eventually the i don't know but i think you should do it or something people could get together and do a giant thing to help support literature and, and arts of have 
tons of people from all across the world get together because because the thing is that we need to support you know a lot of you know publications or places you know a lot of places pay from out of pocket of their own things and they're really they don't use that as that source for a business or um yeah so it's like you yeah. want those places you know those mom and pop poet shops you know to keep going you know or, or mom and pop uh you know uh poet uh you know publications or, or literary things you know to keep going and and what we can do to support that um be, because the arts are so important and these centers or these areas these gathering places are you know gathering places they're places to learn to grow um and it, it's important to make sure Definitely. others have access I'm... to them yeah and, and what are your thoughts on like ways that people can get active how have you been influenced more with activism during um how has it related since the um you know stay at home initiatives as well as um you know uh since since the last uh you know few months I'm, I definitely see like the beautiful potential in the virtual mm. stuff. So we've been holding some virtual workshops and virtual, oh. virtual open mics. And it's, it's been incredible because people from all across the country or all across the world can tune in. And what I'm noticing is that it's helping a lot of introverts too. Like people who wouldn't come out to an open mic or to a reading, they could watch live in the privacy of their own home and still get healing and still get community that way which i think is really beautiful they um, don't you know read or yeah definitely um so i think the virtual um platforms have a lot of opportunity i've been doing a lot of zoom calls so that's been fun um things like <laughs> this joshua with you doing the podcast are oh. huge too <laughs> you know like that's that's huge yeah well you know Sometimes my head can can be a real Debbie Downer and can say offense uh, to anybody who's named Deb. So I would, um, <laughs> you know, is there a, a poem about, uh, you know, is there any, you know, could you give us a little tidbit of, uh, you know, maybe a poem that you've been working on that, that you isn't that that isn't in your uh you know or or, or recent piece that uh since these last few months uh about anything you've been reflecting on um Um, definitely so i I, one that's prepared uh if there's one that you feel you know comfortable for sharing of course yeah um i've been reflecting a lot on Mm. what is a home because i was raised um, very differently. I was raised uh, up surrounded by construction workers and biker gangs, and we stayed on the road a lot. We traveled a lot. So stuck inside the house has been very difficult for me because home inside, inside of a house has not always been a safe space for me. So I've been navigating like my upbringing and what that means. So I do have a new piece that um, I was working on. That's uh, going to go into eventually going to go into like a memoir yeah. kind of poetry book called uh, Raised Ooh, by great Wolves. Title. And yeah, and I, I actually got the title because I just finished up a art program with a uh, homeless shelter, and there was three guys there that knew some of the men that worked from 
worked, that worked with my father. And so it was really awesome to, to be in touch with someone who knew how I was raised. And that's how the poem starts off is the, um, it starts off the man at the shelter knew some of the biker gang members that helped raise me when they worked for my father. He said, ah, so you were raised by wolves. And that's what gave me the title for the book. There you go. Well, Shane, would you please howl us away? Yes. So this is called Angels. I used to sit on Indian Joe's knee when I was little, and he'd tell me the history of our people. The night he killed his woman and her lover at the hotel room, he came and sat on the bar stool next to my mom. He was covered in blood, and mom asked what had he done. He told her and stated he just wanted one more drink before the cops come. So she sat with him till they came, and we never saw him again. Jean used to come every day to the trailer and I'd pull out all my toys and he'd tell me what they were in French till I was fluent. Daddy heritage was always something important. You wanted me to know as much as I could, hoped that I would grow up to one day understand the war in my blood. But one day Jean disappeared and we never talked about what happened to him. Uncle Wolfman and Aunt Alice used to babysit and they nicknamed me Shanesaw because I tore up everything as a kid. Wolfman drank a gallon of milk a day, and we all wondered if he really was a wolf as big and bad as he was, zero to 60 in one second. And they all loved me. In the midst of the bar fights, the drunken nights, the poker with high stakes, the murders in 20 different schools I was drugged to and drunk up from till you died, and I was safe. As safe as I could be in a pack of wolves with thick fur, bullet wounds, and teeth. And how could you raise me like this, wild and free, and then leave me in a society that can't understand me? I don't know how to live here, and I can't build a home when none of us never really wanted one, just a base to come back and rest or hide from the cops, to bury our sins and our ghosts before outrunning them on the road. I learned to win at poker, how to tell if the table wasn't paying attention. I learned four walls aren't safe. I learned don't mess with your people and protect your freedom. I learned if you're white and can afford a good lawyer, you can get away with dang near anything. I learned broken ribs mend on their own. I learned you can cut a wound and suck the poison out of the blood, but once you do, you won't be able to stop when it's cut. I learned how to walk silent in the woods, how to see and look for God. I learned to hold your weapon close enough till it's a part of you. I learned hello means goodbye in more ways than one. Daddy, before you died, you had this look on your face I haven't been able to shake, like the world wasn't big enough for you to kick around in anymore, like it had changed too much for our type of blood, like you knew you were the last cowboy on earth and it couldn't keep you anymore, like you knew. Daddy, there are so many days I feel like that too. Ooh, that gave me chills. Uh, that's that's definitely um, that's a great, also a great piece for a slam. Um, oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. There's so many great lines. Thank you. They, you know, um, so this is so this is new uh, material. You discussed about it of how I wonder the, the line is um the war. There's one line. There's so many great the war in my blood. Um, yes. And, you know, we have that 
uh, as well as the table. Another one is is you know, you know listen to the table or what was it the table? Um, how to how to tell if the table wasn't paying attention? So that's like um, great, a key... yeah. It, it, may, it reminds me so much about um, you know for, you know as I studied philosophy as well. Uh, you know, table is usually uh, when somebody talks about for uh, in terms of the the uh, the essential features, the, the essence of of like you know, there's a lot of things of the, the you know the essence and and as an example, it really reminds me of like you know kind of you know what's the essence of us and are we listening in tune to things? I know I'm I'm completely you know ruining the notion in, in the term in which it's it's it's, it, it, it's but. I don't know. Things can change. It's so amazing that we can poetry, and um, you know, even though we might have you know a war in our in our blood, um, and I I just um, you know, you know, you, know, it sounds like it, it's just, um, and it's a very uh, you know, what was uh. On there with that one. Um, no, I I, I do want to mention what you said about like the how to tell if the table wasn't paying attention. That's like that's definitely a great insight, especially from like a philosopher standpoint, because like it's also like a, a play on you know if you if you want to cheat at poker you got to make sure that like the dealer isn't paying attention yeah. but it also <laughs> yeah but but it also applies to like you know are you paying attention to where you are in your surroundings because the next line is i learned four walls aren't safe yeah and yeah. it's like you yeah so that was a great connection yeah and i'm thinking there. of the um kind of like the direction the wind you know the whole thing the whole, you know four corners you know the whole thing yes kind of that's my that's my Josh analysis. Yeah, definitely. And though that ties into the war in my blood too, because I'm French Indian. So there's like this, there's this feel of like a stirring in the blood, you know, like those you've got the European and then you know you've got the the native side. And um, yeah, no, that's great insight. And mm -hmm. it's it is like a great poetry is such a great way to like just to uncover who we are, you know. Yeah, and to also learn other subjects, like you know, you can you know talk about yeah. the things from different things, and, and you, it's like there's a little corner that you can just dive in, and you you just unearth all this other stuff. It was knowing exactly what your 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 immediate out, and I find like um, a lot of people, you know. There is, there are wars going on in, as well. These uh, going on in there. There's also in our, uh, you know, blood of our country, the political pull. These things going on. There's always this this happening in this world. You know, all over and on so. I think that the line that particularly resonates with me people do um you know do purchase this out um 
as well as this upcoming work. Yeah, thank you. Definitely. And you're right. Like, that's a way that poetry can be universal. I think that's the beauty of metaphor mm -hmm. is like, it's something that's infinite, you know? Right. And, it, 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 you know, a metaphor sometimes without intentionally having it, unfortunately, on, upon reflection. Right, right. Yeah. I wondered, um, I, I wondered, would you dive into, uh, you know, Maybe we'll we'll create a metaphor for blah or whatnot. Um, I asked you to uh books, um, and have them open to random pages for the assiduous dust uh on the spot collaborative uh poem segment, the OTSCP. Um, and I I wondered if you would like to um unearth and explore what poetry does and. Uh, spontaneity with me <laughs> definitely i've got three books laid out ready for okay. you i'm excited okay. about would this you, would you tell us, so what uh what books are laid out and they're open to each two to you know pages and and what what yeah. what, what books can you say the name um the author a bit uh if something you know intuitively comes about them you know feel free to share that um, definitely. So I've got three books here. One is The Poems of Wilford Owen. And he was a soldier poet um, who really uh, de-glorified war and told firsthand uh, what being in battle really was like. And then I have Hanif's They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us. Um, and it's more of like a poetry essay. And then I've got um, the complete works of Arthur Rimbaud, which is mm. one of my favorite poets of all time. Terrific. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have, I have opened to, um, you know, I, for me, I, I like to say for the, the uh, or do you have the page numbers that you have out? What, what? I do. I do. Yeah. So uh, Wilford Owen is open to page 64. Uh, Hanif's book is open. Oh, that's creepy. It's open to 64 too. Ooh. And I know, right? What is that about? I'm gonna have to Google what 64 means. Yeah. Um, and then Rimbaud is open to 212. Okay, cool. I have uh, each of my books open to, to two pages. That's fine. If you want to do for one, I, I have two. Um, whatever works for you depends on how you lay it out. Um, okay. Yeah. I have, uh, oh, I, I need to look down for it. I have, you know, uh, Thoreau's, uh, Thoreau, you know, that Henry David, uh, <laughs> yes. Walden out to, uh, 210 and 211. And it's, it starts for the beginning yes. for root neighbors section. Um, you know, I have, uh, this thing called, uh, uh, imagistic, uh, poetry anthology. I think it's called looking underneath and, it's uh, a collection of works. Uh, I have to uh, Exile's Letter by uh, Rihaku, um, you know, so translated from Pound, from Ezra Pound, and for 106 and 106, uh, you, you might also, and the people to check out, Ellen May is just very groovy individual. I've heard the cowardice of amnesia, and I uh, the poem that it's open to is, is called Eyelid Deep. So it's 18, pages 18 and 19. And then I have, I had in this actually 
perfectly. I had this out before of, of, uh, you know, Sylvia Plath, uh, of, you know, Ariel, um, and others. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. So I have it open to daddy of, uh, 74 and 75. So that, that works quite well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the, the name of the game, uh, is we each look at, uh, uh, for uh, listeners, we, we each look at a, um, wherever our eyes glance for the, uh, looking at the page, we kind of look at that and we start creating a line using um, wherever our eyes gaze and piecing things together. Um, and so individual words that our eyes see and we create a line and we go back and forth. So Shane and I uh, are going to do this thing and Hopefully, we're going to have uh, create some blobby things, if not some poetry. So, um, what uh, would you like to go first? Uh, yeah, I Okey can. Dokey. All right. All right. Let's see here. Okay. They watch me, those informers to the fates. I never understood how a life that looked beautiful could become opera. I saw that all living things were doomed to bliss. Ooh. Angel worms rarely met. Ancient friend, a special tavern whose patient thieves in Velcro flooding, causing blurred a chew, daring to breathe like, like sheep's guts in the year. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Um, have we not stolen two strange and sorrowful wrongs? Found myself and still find myself. Considering sleep, let me boil on Solomon's altars. Rediscovered eternity. Ooh. And oh, a body can never scour his housekeeping, his intelligent men drifting from the mouth organ jeweled sea like dragon scales, people held salt shakers, a little vitamin coma. Mm. Okay. Boys have no sadness sadder than our hope. As I bike home, the band might be better. Uh, the brew bubbles up and spills, sea and sun as one. Madness, the kind you lock away, breeds terror. Mm. Big as a seal, a shoe, freakish Atlantic. Jew, 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 daddy couldn't even whisper it into the pen, into a lasso notes grin for the cost. What a reception, red, drunk. Mm. Okay. Um. Let the close iris of your eyes grow great. A draught of the fates followed. Where you live and grow up in America. 
ambience that all the girls we hung around found irresistible. Oh, happiness. Oh, reason. I finally chased the blue from the sky. Morality is a weakness of mind. Mm. Meditation to a hermit alone. Hey, Mr. Poet, how do you like the world today? Those clouds, they hang in laurel groves. Raku hoku sen go. 36 folds transparent brocade. A liar's tongue in cheek stigma interrupt clouds under a Mr. Poet. I cannot resist the hermit alone. Where? Mm. Time in disguise as one who serves and waits. We smiled at nothings, needing no caress. The difference is that when I close my eyes and imagine this, It's better to actually being the scene kid in the band, because if you embarrass yourself, a golden spark forged from natural light, ridiculously and strangely as possible, knowledge through patience, suffering is certain. Mm. Eyelids, a cleft notes grin, all they could do to breathe barely in the German tongue. Not God, but a swastika, the blackboard daddy, the blackboard daddy pen, like a rodeo of unicorns into a piece of poison, a piece of ripples, courtesans going and coming without especially sea-crossing purpose, a special tapestry Ten toe so kin poets. That's the true industry I cannot resist. Mm. So I'll evade the vice and rack of age, the basement and argument. They were more powerful than saints. Hunger, thirst, shouts, dance, 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 dance. Mathematical certainties and astonishing harmic leaps. Mm. In the wax museum, the spin cycle armor blurred homage, homages, prayers, the loneliness, long hand, hand hard, the sound of floating boats. I could never tell where you were where you itch, itch, itch your picture at the blackboard, daddy. I began to talk the snow's long distance facsimile say, come, let's get along. But I cannot resist waving yourself today. Like, how do you do? Mr. Clouds, Mr. Poet today. Mm. Sung like an organ, voicing many prayers, the dying of a love that had been dear. Devil may care ambience, the slow season. 
in December, the same month of concert, the people for sale, for sale, wild, tireless bounds toward invisible splendor, intangible delight, alarming secrets for every vice. Fluorescent, their petals lose petals. There is an idea different, a different energy, an engine. I could hardly speak. The language you do not resist, the language you do not trade. I have learned I cannot resist. I have learned you waving today. Mm. The theater charged on, imagining there were no dangers that could not be survived. Thank God none of that's for me. You get paid with slaps in the face they call you an animal, which isn't true. But I'm stopping intentionally to come find examples in the body of the work for nature. At last, my spirit becomes the sun. God of fire, may he upend me, collapsing ramparts, coat gargoyles on roads, elements of matter. Haikus played mass hysteria, a blue jeweled, eulogized, mourned bottles the pen found itself in, where today wept. Mm. We can end it there if you want. Yeah, that's a beautiful ending. I love that. That was so yeah. much fun. And that's, it's so cool. I can't wait to see it. I'll yeah, type it up. Yeah, what I'll do is I'm going to uh, type it up and I will, um, you know, I will try to line format it accordingly and I will will send it to you. And if you want, do whatever you want. And it was great having you on the show and you're doing amazing work. You're doing, you're being a voice for uh, a brilliant and I really admire what you do and I look forward to others being inspired by what you're doing and for them to breathe free as well um, your book uh, this new book um, dis- uh, disruptive wait uh, I'm having a break yeah divine that's okay. Divine yeah, Disturbances. www.shanemanier.com And uh, your new book, hopefully, of uh, your other work, that'll be checked out. Please, you can find that website of uh, and get links to other Um, Please check Shane out as well. Um, Thank you so much, Shane. It has been a pleasure, and I hope for us to do this again sometime. Definitely. Thank you so much, Joshua. This was so much fun. And what you're doing is important, too. So keep doing it, please. It matters. Of course. Take care.
and have a groovy evening. You too, Joshua. Thank you. Bye. Well, listeners, I'm Joshua Corwin, your host, and I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please check out the work of Shane Manier and Daniel Yarian, and please check out their websites. Also, next month, we will have Timothy Gager and Mark Olmsted on for Assiduous Dust number eight. I'm very much looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. Stay safe and have a groovy day.